0: This call is now being recorded. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to us again. This is Dylan with Duty Mouth Morgan, and we are going to finish our episode, our podcast, on the best horror movies of the 1990s. We have done, for 20 through 11, with a couple of honorable mentions. We're going to get into the top 10 of the be Juicy. should be... Uh, Good ending to this uh, episode. And again, uh, we're going to have a big, huge horror movie countdown for a a Halloween episode. We're going to do basically everything of the 21st century, the best horror movies of the 21st century. We do that. Uh, Let's get into the top 10. Dirty, what is your number 10 movie for the best horror movies of the 1990s?
1: Uh, Seven with Brad Pitt and uh, Uh Kevin Spacey.
0: Yes huge really good Brad Pitt Morgan, Morgan Brad Pitt Morgan Freeman it is Morgan Freeman okay and yeah, Spacey, yeah. Kevin Spacey Gwyneth Paltrow yes um, yeah big time big time uh, murder mystery type movie
1: really gross like really graphic
0: yeah yeah I remember that when that came out that was uh, huge. It started a lot of those there's a lot of those um horror movie novelists um, that writing a uh, really getting into serial serial killer novels became a huge thing in the nineties uh with Jeffrey Deaver, and there was uh uh Stephen King was starting to write a little bit about it. There was some of the guys too john Saul, and uh God they kind of created uh from'm on some of these other movies uh one of them were denzel Washington was the recurring hero and in the uh, in a character that was uh, in a wheelchair. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, Seven really kind of started, started that huge movie, and still to this day, it's probably the most acclaimed movie that Brad Pitt's ever been in.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's a really, it's a really good movie.
0: Okay, um, so that's you at number 10. Uh, my number 10 is Lake Placid. Love this friggin' movie. What a giant crocodile, I guess, that somehow gets into, uh, it's like a, I don't know if it's a saltwater croc, but it's its a crocodile that gets into this lake, and everyone wonders what it's feeding off of, and it turns out that there's this old woman that lives on the lake that's feeding it, uh, big animals so that it can survive. Um, great action movie. I love anything underwater, too. Anything that's underwater, uh, big thing for me. So if you haven't seen it, Number two, number three, I, they, they really kind of suck. It turned into like a science fiction channel horror movie, which any of those are just Sharknado, any of that crap is like. Um, love the love the attempt by the sci-fi channel, but the uh, effects just really don't do it at all. So that's my number 10 is Lake Placid. Dirty, what do you got for number nine? Candyman. Love it. Yeah, me too.
1: That was uh that was a good movie it's a good story, different take on horror um kinda entering like historical you know with regarding slavery cause the character, the the monster is uh is a tortured soul and he he gets payback um, just uh I don't know it was, I just thought it was all around a good movie
0: yeah, and uh... That was a Clyde Barker uh, book, actually based off of a true story from here in Chicago, which I believe is is based out of Chicago, too. Um, Yep. Uh, Great. uh, Great. I will say very good. uh, The guy who plays um, the Candyman is a very good actor, too. I don't have his name in front of me, but uh, he's done some other things that are very good. So that's number nine. My number nine movie, oh, I must have gone to the theaters a half a dozen times to see this, sometimes drunk. Um, Again, going along the line of, like, horror movies that involve animals, creatures, insects, whatever, it's Deep Blue Sea. Oh, wow. There's just not enough shark horror movies, Uh, any aquatic horror movies, movies. I just said about alligators, crocodiles, I love all this kind of stuff, and yeah, the, it was, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, not AI, but it was the, the special there were special effects created sharks, it was not a, uh, like a robotic shark, like a man-made shark, as in Jaws, uh, the Jaws movies, but, um, well done. Uh, great cast. Samuel L. Jackson was in there. Uh, LL Cool J was in there. He was very good. Thomas Jane. Uh, that dude's a good actor. Yeah. Michael Rapaport, who actually is, I think he's got a podcast. He ruffles some feathers as far as some of the stuff that guy says. Um, have you ever have you heard any of his uh, podcasts?
1: Yeah, I like his podcast. Like yeah, he says some dumb shit, you know, but uh overall I think he's got a he's got a pretty good genuine show and it's pretty popular and he does, you know, basically what you know, I I like his style. So
0: So one thing I thought was interesting is that there is some attempt by scientists to genetically modify the serum. There's something in sharks where number one they don't get cancer and they also don't get Alzheimer's disease. So uh, scientists have tried to basically extract whatever it is, the chemical that's created by sharks that allows them to to not get cancer and Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Maybe it's the same thing that they're using to try to fight both of those diseases, but that's the basis of the the movie. Some really beautiful cinematography in there. Uh, Again, most of it is... Uh, computer generated but very good movie that's my number 9 Dirty what do you got for number 8 Misery great
1: just just a good movie Um, good performance good cast um, good story Uh, I I thought it was I know it's kind of eerie because it's I could see the way things are nowadays in real life um, you could say that was like a news report because I could you know there's there's whole thing with stalkers and fans you know and super fans and um, you could even say that about people who are like mega people uh, just, just crazy and you know possessive and obsessed with uh with the product. I mean you could say that about some superhero you know fans, um sports fans, you could say that about, you know, but um just yeah. just obsessed people about, you know, entertainment or, you know, writers. and so yeah, that was pretty genius. Pretty good.
0: Classic groundbreaking performance from Kathy Bates, uh who's ended yeah. up having a great career. Um, I'll tell you what too, and she was in another movie. It's not on our list. Eh, horror movie. Probably probably not, but very good book called Dolores Claiborne. Uh she was very good in that movie with Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, so yeah, dig dig that misery. The Number eight for me is a repeat that you've already had. I got Candyman at number eight. Um okay. Tony Todd is the main actor that plays that plays the Candyman. I thought that he was in the remake of Return of the Living Dead in 1990, which is very good. Uh, Not Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, the remake of that. Uh, Not to mention the fact that Candyman is one of the rare 90s movies that has an unbelievable theme song. Uh, It's a piano, it's a little piano. Um, I really can't do it justice, but it's a fabulous little eerie piano riff um, yeah, what is it called Philip, Philip Glass and yeah he's still uh, anyway um, I guess it's just the theme to whoever the girl is that uh, Candyman is trying to do whatever I don't know if he's trying to woo her or what but Virginia Manson who's a, a very good actress I like her a lot um, she was in that movie. Um, anyway, yep, Candyman number eight. Very good horror movie remade. I haven't seen it, but um don't know if, don't know if I care to, but uh, if I happen to, then I'll certainly let you guys know. 30, okay, well, let's go on to number seven.
1: Um, I have to say uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, I, there's a lot of hype around that movie. For obvious reasons, it was, you know, Bram Stoker's novel. They're trying to be as, as, um, you know, as good as they can as far as following the original story. Usually, I mean, that was a big book. You can't do the whole thing in, in one movie, but I, mean, I tried to condense it down, obviously. Uh, Gary Oldman was an extremely accomplished British actor playing Dracula, of course. Um, the guy who played, Van... Ben Helsing. Ben Helsing. That's that's, the Silence of the Lambs guy, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Virginia, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, big cast.
1: Yeah, I liked it because it, it, you know, it was great. Uh, It was kind of disturbing. Like when he's feeding, uh, he's feeding the two Vampiruses, the, the infant, um, which was in the and book, then, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of those books are pretty graphic and fucked up, but, um, yeah. and then, uh, how he changed, you know, he, how he could change form and shapes. I didn't, that was like a new thing I learned about vampire cultures, the different beasts, um. I, th- I thought Gary Oldman was really good as Dracula. Uh, Keanu Reeves, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't quite under. I mean, I know they they cast him because he was hot, like he was a hot uh, actor at the time, but I didn't understand why he was in it. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought you know, Anthony Hopkins was great as Van Helsing. Um, what else? Yeah, it's just a really really, I don't know, it went beyond it, it changed the image of drag, it went more traditional the place in the 1800s, you know usually before that it was like the uh, it was the the romantic slicked back hair, 1930s look of uh, uh, you know, vampire, romantic but this guy was like all that but then he was also very disgusting and I, I didn't know about uh, Vlad the Impaler uh, then, you know, then you you know, it's like kind of got some historical aspect to it because that guy was real and he was a real he was a psychopath. Um, yeah, so it was a good movie.
0: Yeah, Vladimir Taylor Wait, was he from Hungary? I want to say no, he was Romanian. Romanian. Impaler. Oh, yeah. So who am I thinking of from? um Sorry, damn it. Um Who's that other guy? Uh, yeah, so I know that Laddie and Taylor actually would behead his victims, put them on poles. Right, I, they would drink blood as a sort of like uh, that was that was something that was going on. It was it was not only Hungarian, but they used to do it. Like the Aztecs, I believe, used to do it. it. Had something to do with like ingesting your victim, whoever it is, to this ultimate way of conquering them.
1: Right, hunters. Here, um, I learned about it. I learned about that from. Uh, uh, kind of did the same thing in the movie Red Dawn, you know, uh, and they they did that with. Uh, Eating the heart is kind of the same idea where you take the what is he, take the spirit of your of your victim or something and then gain the power or some shit.
0: But uh, right. yeah. uh God, I, I hate when something's on the absolute tip of your tongue and you feel like you gotta get it out. I'm trying to think uh well anyway, I'll try to think about it as I well. guamaless. I'm trying to think of this this other Horrible, uh, around the same time, like 14th, 15th century, guy that just went around beheading people all around uh, Europe. And I could have sworn he was uh, from Hungary. Anyway, I'll, I'll try to get back to that. But uh, let's see, number that was your number seven?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. So we're going to be doubling up on. Some of these, I imagine. As far as when we get further on to the list, so my number seven is Misery, uh, which uh, you oh,
1: okay.
0: know. Uh, James Kahn yeah. uh, played the, the novelist, uh, which actually, that's technically a true story. Um, Stephen King, uh, th- that character embodies Stephen King a little bit. He said that uh, Stephen King used to smoke and drink and do drugs, and, and then he could. He had a lot of coke he's and he quit all that stuff, but he used to have a cigarette after he finished a novel. He allowed himself to have one as a celebratory sort of um uh as a celebration of uh, finishing a novel and supposedly he would he and he would liked to go to different places where he could just be alone to to finish novels and stuff and I guess that happened to him. he was coming home from some place up in New England and crashed and um I don't, and he crashed. I don't think he got, he didn't get taken in by a a wacko. I know that part didn't happen, but I guess he thought of like, what if that happened? And that's where he came up with that story. Great story again. Kathy Bates, uh, can't say enough about her. Um, and, uh, we already talked some about that. So that's number seven. Let's move on to number six. Uh, Dirty, what do you got for number six?
1: Sleepy Hollow.
0: Love
1: it! Yeah, it's a good movie. Johnny Depp, uh, uh, Christina Richie, um, good cast. Tim Burton's uh, attempt at like horror. Christopher Watkins is a great, you know, great. He's uh, great as the Headless Horseman. Um, pretty scary. I don't know. I just thought it was a good movie. Um, like the cinematography, uh, I don't know. It's a good movie. Not not a lot of movies about the headless Horseman, so it's nice. You know, it's a pretty good take on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very much. Um, with the guy that I was thinking of it just came to me just now. Genghis Khan. Genghis oh Khan yeah, he's the ruler that I was thinking about. Um, was he from Hungary?
1: No man, he's from <laughs>
0: Mongolia. <laughs> yeah, Mongolia. I knew it was some Asian, uh, an Asian country instead. But uh... all right, um, <laughs> moving on from that. Number six. What do I have for number six? Um, Quentin Tarantino's *Dusk Till Dawn*. Uh, very entertaining movie i had no idea what the movie was about it was the one of the few movies that well what's his name was in from er that i actually liked
1: george clooney yeah
0: george clooney yeah i i don't think he's had that great of a career i think he's a cool guy and i know he's invested well i just i don't like too many of that stuff that he's ever really done
1: yeah
0: um, kind of wonder actually why i guess he was big in er but whatever um, he was in a, you now Quentin Tarantino is one of the few movies that, he, movies that he was in, and he played his psychotic brother. Uh, Juliette Lewis was in there, um Harvey Keitel, Chicha Marin from Chicha Chong had a great little bit part. Um, and that movie absolutely made a start of Salma Hayek. Uh, she was one of the dancers on the bar they go to basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Um George Clooney and his brother, uh, rob a couple of banks, I believe, in Texas. And then they immediately try to go over the border. And once they're there, right before they do, I guess, or once they enter Mexico, they go into this bar, um, ultimate biker bar, ultimate drinker bar for dancers. And when I first saw the movie, I didn't know it was about uh, – here's the one little spoiler. I'm not going to tell you the end or whatever, but it does involve vampires. Now, when I, I remember when they do the marketing of this movie, I don't know if they really showed vampires. I remember when I saw it, I was freaked out when Salma Hayek just turned into vampires and in the whole room, like half the room turned into vampires. Yeah. And just started attacking everyone. And it was so cool because I thought it was going to be a completely different movie about these guys, these American guys robbing banks and then going over to Mexico and, and maybe someone chasing after them. I had no idea it was going to be about vampires in a bar. But anyway, um, highly recommended, very entertaining movie. Uh, There's a really cool bar band that's in that movie. Also, the guy that did all the special effects, and what's pissing me off is that I can't find Dust Till Dawn in Wikipedia, probably because of some special character that I'm not putting in, but um, who's the guy that did all the special effects uh, for Friday the 13th and all those movies? Hold on.
1: Uh... That was the first time I saw that guy. I had no idea who the fuck he was.
0: Yeah, had um, his, his wiener. It was two guns that came out or something.
1: Tom Savini.
0: There you go, Tom Savini. He actually started doing a number of movies after that where he started acting as as a part, opposed to do the special effects. He's, um, in, he's a
1: Robert Rodriguez guy. Him and uh, yeah. Danny Trejo started. Yeah. I think that was one of his first movies. Uh Holy shit. Um, man. Yeah, Cheech Marin. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good movie. Liked it. Saw it a few times. Haven't seen it in a while. Um, definitely recommend it. Let's move on to number five.
1: Okay. Um, Silence of the Lambs.
0: Classic.
1: Yeah. Got an Academy Award. Uh Anthony Hopkins it's like the first mainstream like horror movie. I, I I you know, I I dub the genre human monster where it's about, you know, a serial killer and um and it just delves deep into that and it's uh just good actor is a guy the guy who plays uh I guess he would be referred to as trans now, but the guy who played the um, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's really good in it. Um, you know, he was always remembered that until he got on the show Monk, and then you think of him as, like, the detective. But uh, he's really good in that. Um, uh, uh, I like uh, Sam Shepard. It's I, just a good movie uh it was classic, you know it was a big deal when it came out and it well deserved a big deal uh got a like I said got an academy award and uh never really thought much about Anthony Hopkins until I saw that movie and then I noticed him more
0: yeah he was in one of my nineteen seventy six movie called Magic about yeah a, ventriloquist, uh he played the main character in that. And I, I know he was acting through the 80s, too. But, uh, yeah, that was really his big role. I'll say this, too. The guy that wrote The Silence of the Lambs, let me go into this. The guy that wrote the book, uh, let me see if I can get this guy's name. Ah, oh, fuck it. You know what I mean? The, the, you go to the Wikipedia page, it's never actually – the information you want – Thomas Harris, I'm sorry. Okay. Thomas Harris but "The guy who wrote this book, he, he wrote, he used the character, I believe, Jodie Foster's character, in a few stories, and right. he definitely had a, a, a number of. Yeah, he had a number of stories about serial killers. There's Red Dragon, I know, which was very good, which was kind of a remake of, of an '80s movie, from a story that he had written." Um I gotta tell you, as good as Silence of the Lamps was, and I think it was good, I I thought that Hannibal, the second one, I still have not seen the movie. It was one of the worst books I've ever read in my life. It was, wow. it disgusted me. It was something where, when novelists create a character that ends up to be a big, huge, bigger than life character, like uh, Hannibal Lecter, they almost start to gravitate towards the character as if they think that they're them or they the character resonates a little too much with them, or they become one and the same with the character. I'm not saying the guy went on and became a serial killer, but it's almost like in Hannibal he started making him the hero, and it really oh, yeah he's like the anti-
1: he he's the anti hero yeah
0: yeah it was uh pathetic, absolutely pathetic, and that book got the second one just got clobbered by the everyone. I I can't say enough about how it reminds me almost in a small way of the guy that created The Sopranos and he wrote the first couple of seasons and then other people kind of, and he was involved with the story, but other people kind of picked it up and finished off the character and they started making Tony Soprano really grotesque as the as it went on. And towards the end of the series, he was doing these things and killing people he would never killed before, friends, friends of friends, and going way beyond his boundaries um, as far as, uh, you know, just killing other mafioso and stuff. Right? He really, and I remember him saying, like, towards the end, this is a little bit of a spoiler. I don't give a fuck. It's been 15 years, but they didn't show Tony Soprano getting killed on air. Now if you've ever seen the Sopranos, I believe he died in the end of it. I think it's apparent, but um and he said he was so pissed off that people wanted to see Tony Soprano get killed that he purposely made sure to not show it so that people it wouldn't um sort of trigger people's bloodlust. Which made me sick because people I mean, eighteen year old dancers were getting their heads bashed into rails by by mafia guys, and like, he doesn't want to show him die, but he'll show like a, an 18 year old uh, girl who's the mother of one, who's a, a dancer, get her head bashed in by a, uh, repeatedly by a monster in a fight. And he talks about this bloodlust thing. It made it made it seem like he didn't want people to, to see Tony die because somehow he saw himself as Tony Soprano, and it, it really kind of made me disgusted to how. He saw himself a little bit of himself in the character, and he purposely tried to make him a, a type of a hero. While all these other writers were in there saying, "Look, we have to make this realistic," he's a, he's a he's a monster. You know, he's not like uh, a teacher, you know. In order to, so anyway, yeah, um, that was my thing about Hannibal, and about the second one. But anyway, yeah, Science of the Lambs, huge. Um, that was your number five, I want to say. Yeah okay, mine number five is a collection of books that was huge by Anne rice a collection of vampire books um the movie I'm choosing is interview with the vampire nineteen ninety four um very very good book um and the the way that the books went I really liked interview with the vampire i Really, really did not like Vampire Lestat. I believe it was the next one up after that. Uh, that really kind of sucked. Where they basically yeah. had, it was more of a modernized thing where he became like a rock star. Like a vampire yeah. rock star. And he just, it just was just shit. Absolutely sucked. And then he finished up with that movie. Uh, the, the book actually was, was very good. I thought it was good. And it was the movie that had that girl that died in the plane crash. The end of the nineties. Um, uh, uh queen of the Dan- is the queen of the band, or oh Rihanna? Yeah. Uh, what was the girl that died?
1: Rihanna? Or no? Sorry. Oh my God. Um, Aaliyah.
0: Aaliyah. That's it. Yeah. Um, that that. I don't know about the movie. I think I heard the movie wasn't that good. The book was good. Anyway, Interview with the Vampire. Um, Brad Pitt really just kind of shows he just he, he he's kind of hit, he, he kind of sucks sometimes. He's he's a little hitter. He's never done anything great. He gets blown the fuck off the screen by Tom Cruise. This is one of the few movies that Tom Cruise does where he electrifies. I think that the way wow. that he does this character, and I, when I heard he was doing this, I'm like, this guy can't play the vampire of the staff. Are you, what are you kidding me? A French like Debonair, sort of high society, high class vampire. Um, and he he really pulled it off. And even Anne Rice was like really down about the casting of him as his character. And he was. That's as good as I've ever, ever seen him. Huh. Uh, and I'll put that way past. There's a war film that he made in the 80s.
1: Born on the Fourth of July?
0: Yeah. Which people are like, oh, that's his ultimate film, man. Yeah, nah, no. He's so good in this movie. Uh huh. Rain Man, there's a couple other, other ones too that people put Magnolia, blah blah Anyway, um this is an excellent movie besides the fact that it introduces uh, Antonio Banderas. Yeah. In and I know he had been doing Robert Rodriguez films. He wow did he he just oh, he was so good in this movie. Him yeah. him and Tom Cruise together were Dynamite. I don't mean to be so down on Brad Pitt, but compared to these guys, Brad Pitt was a limp dick in a movie of... Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to make any more dick references to, to actors and their performances, but basically, he he was very, very average and kind of lifeless in his character and those other guys. I mean, um, Antonio Banderas was a scene, a scene stealer in this one. And of course, the 12-year-old Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yeah. but I haven't really seen her do too many great things since then. Uh, she hasn't had a very good adult uh, career in acting, I don't think. Spider-Man anyway,
1: was like the biggest, you know, thing, yeah, but uh, she, I haven't either.
0: That she did a politician movie called Dick, I think, was about Richard Nixon. That was good. Oh. Um yeah, but besides that, I mean, her, her best roles were really earlier. Um, but she was very good in this movie, and uh, it was very impressive. It was very impressive. I loved the cinematography when they are in New Orleans. In the beginning, they traveled around Europe, of course, but there's a scene where they're going through this old uh, – there's some swamp scenes that are incredible. There's a scene where they're going through some old – Graveyard or something, and the eyes open of the statues, figures, the, the, uh, the stone figures in the graveyard, and it was just a, a kind of a beautiful film and very well done. That's my number huh. five interview with the vampire. Um, Dirty, let's go on with the. Uh, we got, we're inside the top five now. We got number four. What do you got for number four?
1: Uh, Jacob's Ladder.
0: That's a classic. Total classic. What's that dude, the guy who stars in it? Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins, yeah. What was that about, like, experiments and stuff from Vietnam War with with drugs or different?
1: So, well, okay, so Jacob's Ladder is a term for, uh, It's. uh, I think originally it's a term referencing Um, a literal stairway to heaven, like the song, you know, but uh, also it's uh, also a reference to a drug, you know, because the CIA and the U.S. military were testing super drugs on soldiers and it made them, you know, wig out. And it's about that, about a unit that was tested on that uh, killed, you know, that just freaked out and killed each other, the hallucinogen. And this guy, uh, he won't, like, he won't allow himself to, to die. Um, and it's a reference to, you know, Vietnam and, and, uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's a horror movie. Like there, you know, but it's very political too, because it just, uh, I, you know, in the, in the nineties, uh, late eighties and nineties, the, uh, the, there was a lot of movies about vietnam and, and 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 a lot of exposure and how it was just a a shit show an american shit show that shouldn't have happened and uh this is one of those things and it just it's about you know this one guy like i said in new york and he wouldn't he won't die like his spirit won't die and he's living over and over and he has a lot of hallucinations um and it's just it, i i just thought it was really good really good cast um, you know, Ving Rhames uh is in it. The woman who plays his wife is really good. There's a there's a bunch of good scenes. It takes place in New York in the seventies. But yeah, it's just uh but there's there's this real powerful scene where he's in a he's in a hospital and he shows they show like in this effect they started using of just of uh I don't know how you explain it, like just um the spirits or the people being experimented on and you show them like shaking. And it's like this intense, like high speed shaking. And it's, it's a great movie. Um, I I thought it was really good. Um, it was really thought provoking, uh, just good movie.
0: Yeah. It's really kind of gross. And we think that Nazis did all the experimentation on human beings, but, what did the American government do a lot? I mean, if you talk about giving cocaine to, uh, I do wasn't slaves, but uh, they would give them to factory workers, I guess, back in the day, so they could work double, triple shifts, and and that's not the government doing that, excuse me. That's, but um, the, Tus- the Tuskegee. Oh yeah, they experiment.
1: injected. They they inject syphilis, uh, they had a test to, because they had this racist, you know, it was like a eugenics theory that black folks were more um, able to deal with pain more and uh, stronger, thicker boned, all these different elements. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, if you think about it and you start doing research, and I hate saying it like that because now that's like such a, this a bastardized term, but, you know, you look at, like, you have the Nazis, and they were, you know, they are horrible, and they did a lot of horrible things and experiments, but if you look at what the CIA has done and the U.S. government, and then you look at what the Soviets were doing, because they had their own, you know, super soldier, they, they were testing on gorillas, and, you know, they, uh it, it's just, it's sick, and, you know, the U.S. government... And the Nazi, and the uh, Soviets both took in Nazi scientists because they were like, oh let's look at this and let's try it out. Uh, so it's like, uh, I, and we could talk about the Japanese too, the, the Imperial, uh, army, you know, government, they were doing fucked up things as well. Um, so if there's a contest, I don't know. I think they're all, they're all, they all win at being the most grotesque in, in, in history, of the 20th century, you know. But, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, bad news. Um, so Jacob's Ladder, that was number four, a uh, dirty on your list. My number four is a franchise started in 1990. Um, and I, I really liked, uh, like part two, part three, part four. I, I went, I went up to like part five or something. I gotta say, of, of a horror franchise, I can't think of a franchise where every subsequent movie inherited the, uh, uh, my brain power strike, Who <laughs> do really think, but uh, the integrity of the original movies, and they only dipped maybe a little bit. When I'm talking about the Tremors franchise, um, I thought it was really? fantastic out in the desert. Yeah. With, did you ever see any of those?
1: No, I couldn't get into it. Uh, but I know that was like, it was a growing, uh, there was growing, they were growing in popularity and it had a good cast and, um, I thought it was a good story idea. I just couldn't get into
0: them. I loved it. I kept watching them. I swear, I think the fifth, but they eventually started to get cheap and using like computer generated, uh, tremors instead of, and then it was like, oh, this is like, they turned into sci-fi movies, which ruined them. Um, but the first, I want to say maybe five, were all good. And they all had Michael Gross, the dad from Family Ties. He was great. He was great in those. Um, yeah. Fred, Fred Ward was a guy that was in, like, I don't know, different puppet movies and different cheap sort of, like, horror movies. And uh, I think he was not Buckaroo Bonza, He was uh, Remo Williams. <laughs> if anybody saw yeah, yeah. Of, who is- I think it was Remo Williams? But uh, Fred Ward, he was very good. Um, Rema McIntyre. Right stuff? Oh, Fred Ward! How about that? I say it was his big. Must have been his, one of his bigger movies. And of course, yeah. Kevin Bacon was in the first one. Um, I just thought they were cool as hell. Um, yeah. And he went on to the second, third, and fourth. The tremor of creatures started to evolve, and the uh, the hillbillies started to get better sort of, uh, technology to be able to trace and track them. Um, it was just totally cool, suspenseful. Uh, I, I spent on a state of one night and watched one through four or five on whatever channel it was. And I'm like, every single one was just, was really good. And I was very surprised. So that's my number four is Tremors. Dirty, what do you got for number three?
1: Let's see scary movie
0: Okay, like a mock a mock on scary movies parody.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, even though it was it was a comedy, I thought it was still pretty good. It had some pretty creepy scenes in it. Um I I, I liked the fact that it was playing off of horror movies. Um I don't know. I just thought it was a it was a good movie. I mean, it was it was a comedy. It was written like a comedy and all that, but um, like I said, I thought some of the scenes were were pretty fucked up. There's a scene where uh was it Marlon Wayne's uh was there's a he goes under a bed and uh there's a clown there and they try to, he tries to take him and he overpowers the clown. It, it was just it was I found it still kinda creepy despite it being a horror movie. Yeah. I mean a comedy, sorry.
0: Yeah, plus the introduction of, uh, what's the blonde girl, Anna?
1: Oh, and you talking about, uh, uh, not Anna Cole Smith. Uh, she's in a later one. You're talking about, um, Pamela
0: Anderson. No. I was talking about, no, uh, no the, the main character. Um, I'm going to have to look her up. Uh Anna Ferris. Anna
1: Ferris, yeah. She's pretty yeah. funny. Oh,
0: she's oh
1: man. That's a that's a two thousand
0: movie. Oh bummer. It, oh well, whatever. This is probably one. Yeah. It was a scary movie too in the next one. But um Anna Ferris has had a great career. I'm a huge fan of the TV show Mom that she was in. She did a house bunny oh. movie that was fantastic. That was pretty uh, pretty good. Yeah, that was, uh, she's had a great career. She goes between, like, I don't know, like a sexy bunny or she'll do, like, a mainstream, middle, middle lower-class mom where yeah, she's yeah. just wearing jeans and hoodies all the time. And she's just – um, she's good. She's very good at comedy. And um, I thought Carmen Electra was the one that was in Scary Movie, not Family.
1: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, it was that was actually a big hit movie. It, was, it launched, boy, the Wayans, I just saw a TV show now, Damon Wayans Jr. is on a TV show. So you go between the elder Wayans, Keenan Ivory Wayans, Damon Wayans, and I went to Sean and Marlon Wayans. Now yep. uh, Damon Wayans Jr. And we talk about a, a family that's in show business.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Even they have little brothers, too, uh or nephews, I believe, and they're, they're actors as well. And they and then they have their sister who was on, uh, in Living Color. Oh,
0: she was good, yeah. Um, I'm getting, I still think that the, the funniest is, I mean, Keenan Ivory, uh, wins. I think that he, didn't he co wrote I'm gonna get you, sucker? Yeah, he wrote Robert
1: Townsend. Him and Robert Townsend left New York. And then that was, like, their first breakthrough movie when they got to L.A.
0: Yeah, and Damon Wayans, of course, was, I thought, the funniest on In Living Color. Uh, obviously, like, he's yeah. the clown, and uh, he's a very, very good comic actor. Um, yeah. Okay, so number three is, is going to be a repeat of one that you already said. My number three is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci. uh fantastic performance from Johnny Depp back when he was cool. Uh, he was doing really good movies. Um yeah. God, his even his, his accent, his tra- the way he dressed his character with the scientific uh advancements and and murder mysteries and stuff was, was, was great. It was such a stylistic uh movie from Tim Burton. It's it's absolutely one of my favorite Tim Burton movies ever. Um you can put that up there with like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yeah, um, And I'm trying to think of anything else that he did that would matter. I know never liked Beetlejuice. Um, really? Yeah, I loved the second Batman, Batman Returns. Uh, huh. That was great. But uh, Tim Burton, yeah, he's obviously a great career. Um, this movie, it was so cool. Like you said, Christopher Walken playing the German soldier. Um, and it, it was, I still remember a couple of scenes. Number one, so the uh, the it, 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 I like how he changed the story a little bit about Sleepy Hollow. Made it an original tale. I guess it was also part of the screenplay, the screenplay writer. But I still remember that first scene when he, uh, when you see Atlas horseman. he goes into that house and he's looking for the little kid, right? The little five-year-old kid or something like that. And he's just walking around on the creaky, uh, wood floors and stuff, and it was just a very well done scene. Um, all of the females in the old 58 dresses, and uh, yeah. And of course, I still remember when Johnny Depp thought the whole thing was bullshit. When he actually finally sees the Headless Horseman, and he's hiding up in his room, and they're like, You have to come out. And they're knocking on the door, and they go in. The first thing he says is, it, it was awesome, and, and, and it was headless. And I was kind of like, yeah, we yeah. know, we've been telling you, the whole movie about there's a headless horseman out there lopping people's heads off. Um, right. I really loved too, the background of his character, uh, of Ichabod Crane, obviously much different Ichabod Crane than we remember in the book, but that his mother was into, was uh, accused of being into witchcraft because oh, of her, she wow. was yeah, into yeah. symbols. And she was into, like, little devices that would, you know, play around and switch the light in the room. Uh, Little childhood things above his bed. And then his father put his mother in an Iron Maiden and killed her because they thought she was a a witch. Uh, Wait, that
1: was in the original story?
0: No, absolutely not. That's what made this movie so, so brilliantly dark. Is the background of the of the character of his character, Ichabod Crane? I don't even know. I'm I'm sure he was called Ichabod Crane. I don't even know if he was. Right. I imagine he was, but the the background of the character when they went into that about his his uh, him being a little child and being subjected to that um, was really just quite amazing and very disturb a very kind of dark and disturbed movie. For something that was, I don't even think it was rated R. I think it was a PG-13. Yeah. It's I, 10, so. Yeah, it's so, so well done to be able to put <laughs> that many dark pieces of the story into like a little child's classic to make it a modern horror classic, to me. Anyway, Sleepy Hollow. Excellent film, my number three. Uh, Dirty, Ro- we are on to number two.
1: Number two,
0: uh, Scream. I'll tell you what, we can do this together, because that's my number two as well. Let's do it together. What do you got? Uh, Scream. I I mean, what's your description, synopsis? Any uh, scenes you remember?
1: I liked it. Uh, I liked the story. Uh, it's a play on horror movies and, you know, the, the obsession with it. I like the, the villains. I like how they do the villains. Um, cause now it's like a huge franchise and they've expanded and, uh, um, I mean, it's crazy. A TV show and then a, a new movie, newer cast. And it's kind of one of those stories where you can, you can constantly keep going because it's, it's like there's not just one person, you know, originally there's one actually it's two people I believe that are part of it, but it's the way it's done is like you can you can have copycats upon copycats continuing the the sick legacy but uh you know, I like the story, I like the look. Um it was it, it was like it kept to the original like uh horror movie uh style Isn't it Wes Craven who wrote it?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, he directed it. It was written by the same guy who did I Know What You Did last summer. Yeah.
1: So, uh, good stuff. I I liked it. And it it kept, uh, like I said, it had the essence of uh, classic horror, but with a new 90s. Like you said, it's got that Friends thing where, like, every major actor now that you know of is in it. Good cast. Um, you know, was it Demi? Not Demi Moore. Uh, what's her name? Uh, in the beginning, Apple. D- Drew Barrymore uh, uh, yeah. on the on the phone, and and I think it was like the first. Uh, it, it was like the it was a it was a, a movie of its time, and you know the whole thing with the phone and the phone call and and that mask uh, before the movie came out. That's a mask. I, I, I used to eyeball that mask in stores for Halloween in the early 90s because it was one they put out. And so I thought it was great that they actually used that and it became the trademark, you know, look. Uh, but, yeah, it's just good. It was it was simplified, you know, and, and, and just talking about, like, horror genre, you know. I don't know. I just thought it was a good movie, good cast.
0: Yeah, Ghostface Killer, right, was the was the costume. Um, Something like that, yeah. Great little cameos. I think Henry Winkler had a cameo as the um, principal. He was the principal of the high school.
1: Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I did. Some of the cast was, was really good. Some of them weren't as good. Um, didn't like Skeet Ulrich too much. He was just too much of a Johnny Depp wannabe. Uh, who's also oh, in, the okay. first in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but that was Rose McGowan's, one of her first, uh, big films, and she's, I don't know, some people would say she's a wacko, some people would say she's a huge part of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, she's great. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, and had, uh, Matthew Lillard, I think it was one of the best. One of the bright spots of that movie, him and David Arquette was fantastic as the deputy. He was was great. Uh, Courtney Cox, one of the yeah. few people we're talking about having a Friends vibe to it. I'll tell you what, too, she's one of the few people from Friends that's gone on to have a movie career. Um, you could even argue that because um, none of the guys have. Uh, they're, they're, I can't stand Guy, I can't stand David Schwimmer. Um, I, you know, I I really don't like I really don't like Friends at all. I don't like the TV show. Uh, 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 Jennifer Aniston um has had an average movie career, but she's more been like the uh, average white girls, like you know, yeah. model-esque, picturesque sort of like. Hey, look, look what can you look what you can do when you're not really that good looking. You can still be sort of glamour model type. Um, I, mm-hmm. I not that I don't dislike her at all. I think she's she's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, it, too, too many glossy young white kids. I'm not usually the other person's fan. It's not me. <laughs> just like, but I mm-hmm. I almost think the uh, cast was. from I know what you did last summer. I almost think that think they're kind of transparent a little bit. Both of them are kind of the same. But you, you can't knock the fact that uh, I mean, two Barrymore in the beginning was was just awesome. That opening scene was, was killer. Um, and from then on, I think it kind of, there was a great cover song of Don't Fear the Reaper in there, uh, at some point. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, it, during, um, when Skeet Ulrich slips into Nev Campbell's window one night. Um, anyway, and the Scream franchise, huge franchise, part two was a, Really big deal. I I did not like it as much because uh, but the cast got much much worse. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of the guy they brought. They brought in that the kid from Stand By Me. Who I just think is a lousy actor. Um, in the second one, he stands up and sings a song to Neff Campbell in the college lunchroom. It just sucked. I didn't.
1: Um, I didn't watch it after that. I just. Yeah. I don't really care.
0: The third one, I, I thought the third one was, was pretty good, but I just haven't been a big fan of the... Uh, you know, when it goes back to it, Dirty, we've talked about this before, for me Tremors, Friday the 13th is just one of the few um horror movie franchises that you can go into one, two, three, four, five, six, I mean, I, and they're all kind of interesting, and they all have some great replay value and watchability to them. There's just not too many uh you know, part... Parts one, two, three, four, especially horror movies that can really sustain interest as as they get into it. So, uh, but undeniable screen. Uh, One last thing I'll say about this is, God, it was. When I I remember going to see that film, it was only because I was on a date with a girl who I just was crazy about, and she was a student at Northwestern, and she was a big fan of Nev Campbell because she was in, I think it was Party of Five, some W W B O whatever. And she's like, let's go see this. And I'm like, okay. And I was just kind of whatever. And I, we both got cokes at the theater. And I'm like, just make just put them in like half, just, just give us like a half a coke. And I kind of winked at the girl and I got us a bottle of whiskey. I poured it in and we basically got a little bit drunk watching the movie and went out afterwards. And it was just like, oh, it's just been a great, great night. So fortunately, Scream actually part of me liking that is. How, oh, what a great time I had. And I love, let's say, whether or not you're a kid, teenager, twenties, whatever, uh, if you had a great experience watching a movie, uh, it definitely makes it a memory for you with the actual, how good the movie was. Yeah. So, alright, so let's, we're down to it. Now, this is it. This is the number one, um, Dirty, what is your number one best horror movie of the 1990s?
1: Uh, People Under the Stairs.
0: Wes Craven, again.
1: Yeah, really good one. Just nasty. I, remember, I
0: remember it being kind of a lighter horror movie as far as violence and that, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of violent horror movies. That's the weird thing about 90s horror more of stories, less it's less graphic, more about the character. Uh, but that one was just great because it just like takes place in the city and and these two fucking bigots trap people under their uh, under their stairs and they have this intricate setup and like the the people underneath like they start to mutate or whatever. Um, and you know, the, but the two villains like the kid who the hero is great uh he's he's a he's a lovable character um but he's also the hero and he's also a kid but uh to go and fight which i thought was scary or to go and you know to go in and and to deal with like these two nuts who are like i don't know what you would call them just crazy crazy white people they uh they're just I don't know, it's like they're from another time the way they act and um just just uh insane, you know, and they're the way they're dressed up and they come off like this this lily white couple and all that, but uh they're fucking they're sick. So I don't know, I thought it was a pretty good and it was just written well, it was you know, good cast, uh I don't know, it just all around and um I think it took place in Chicago, I can't remember. There was a lot of movies in Chicago back then. But, yeah, it was a good movie. I just, I don't know. It's always, I always thought it was a great movie, and, yeah, that's it.
0: All right, well, <clears throat> my number one, uh, let me just see. My number one is actually a double, again, uh, from, me my voice up here to the mic. It's a double from one you already did. I think it's the scariest movie in the entire decade, and it's a TV movie. And I'm talking about it. I really think that beats every single one of them. Um, I don't think any of the movies we've talked about can match the evil of the Pennywise character uh, portrayed by uh, the guy that we talked about. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. uh, So great when he changes. And he's like, hey, his voice, uh, hey, uh, Freddy, come on down here. We got a party going down here in the sewer. Right. And then next, you know, he's got these big monster teeth. Um, the ending kind of sucked a little bit. But um, it was so incredible from part one to part two. Uh, it really was riveting. Kept your interest. The cast was unbelievable. It was actually directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, which Tommy Lee Wallace has worked closely with John Carpenter on almost every film that he did. Um, and actually, he played the shape Uh in the Halloween movie. There's two people that played Michael Myers. He played Michael Myers in the end, the very last scene in the closet uh, where she attacks him with a coat hanger, the end of a coat hanger or something like that. Uh, that's Tommy Lee Wallace. He ended up Directing, uh, i trying to get into his bio here. Um, and yeah, we see director. So Tommy D. Wallace, he did direct Fright Night Part 2. Um, he directed Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, oh, wow. Director. Yeah, I thought he directed more than this. There's a couple of people that worked on Halloween set design, cinematography, whatever, that went on to direct, I think One of the guys was, I told you, uh, directed Last Starfighter. Um, anyway, it's, I think, a tremendous movie. Um, I still think, yeah, we won't tell you which character, but uh, the end of the part one miniseries where they realize that it's come back and one of the characters just bleeds out in a pool and is like, I can't deal with this again. Uh, yeah. it was so so horrific, leading into part two. Um, anyway, uh, just, so that's it. I'm just see if there's anything else I can say about uh, that movie, um, I, I can't even say that I tried to read the book. That that's one of those like monster Stephen King books. That's like something like 800 pages or a thousand pages. Or uh, yeah. I just haven't. Um, I've I mean, read a, a plenty of his stuff, but I haven't read that. Um, I think that the mini series, as far as I can tell, included lots. Of, I mean, you you know, it was four hours long, so I think, I think yeah. obviously had to include all kinds of stuff. I have not watched and and dirty. I'm gonna ask you: Have you seen the remake uh, parts one and two from 2017 and 2019? I believe.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Um, I liked. I think Kim Curry is a better Pennywise, but. On the other hand, as far as like movies go, uh I thought I thought they were better. Um, I, I thought they were better visually. I like the cast. Um the guy who plays Pennywise, if you look at him and his face like he has a really distinct look. He he doesn't even need makeup. Like his his look he looks like a fucking uh howdy doody uh mask in it, in itself so he's already got a creepy look but um I liked it cuz it delved a little deeper I never read the book um but you know I liked the character so I I do I just thought it was good and like I said and uh I thought the cast was good I I, I liked it um you know not everybody's into remakes remakes are hard you know to do but uh I don't know I thought they they went more from the book I guess, Um, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Uh,
0: The last thing I'll say about it is that I really love Stephen King's portrayal of small towns. And it's really the attitude of small town people of like, oh, all that nonsense, big city bullshit doesn't happen here. Uh, What happens here? And I'll tell you what, and I, I referenced the movie It because the town that I grew up in as a kid was so fucked up and people thought it was like, Hey, isn't it nice being away from the city and stuff? I'm like, fuck, no, it isn't. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I exactly. actually grew up in a small town that had a group of kids that were – it was, like, a couple of small towns that were, like, middle class. Right next to – there's was a regional high school next to a couple of small towns that were really, like, inbred, middle of Kentucky, like, backwoods deliverance-type areas way out in the woods. Yeah. Um, and there yeah, was incest that going stay, on there. Man. There was all kinds of inbred sh- shit going on there. And guess what? Those those kids would stay back years from high school and be like sixteen years old in the seventh and eighth grade.
1: Right. And they would
0: take the shit out of all of us. And they had a group called the KGB. If you paid them, they would go and and beat somebody up, take an eye out, do whatever you know, whatever. And they oh, kind of wow. ruled this little town. It was so fucked up. And I just remember. And even to, to this day, if I talk to my mom, she that was just quite a quiet special little town. I'm like, you don't, you still don't know what the fuck I went through. Like, anyway, it's just, um, yeah. Perfect personification of that kind of stuff. Um, the last thing I want to do yeah. real briefly is go through the actors, uh, Harry Anderson, uh, from night court. I fucking hate that guy. I think he sucks. Really? Um, can't stand him. I remember him from cheers. Uh, real hard. Uh, Dennis Christopher is great. He plays a little meek character uh, Richard Mazur, I, I really like. He's from my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, what, uh, God, I'm really blanking. John Car- uh, uh The Thing. Uh, yeah. And that old school is fantastic. Uh, Tim Reed from WKRP. John Ritter is, yeah. is awesome. Uh, Richard Thomas. He, he's the one I wanted to get, get to because obviously Tim Curry was great. Richard Thomas... John Boy from the Waltons has had a very, very good career in acting and really broke his role of being John Boy in that movie and I think has done a great job uh, unstereotyping himself from that role. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap this up. This was the top horror movie from the 1990s. This uh, finalizes our list. Check us out next time. Uh, Dirty Mouth Morgan, thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah that was good we're partners in crime in this Uh, I'm Dylan master blaster podcasters have a great night have a great night thank you